Welcome to Career Revisionist with Dr. Grace Lee, dedicated to doers, dreamers, and realists who want more success and satisfaction in their life. This podcast is about answering one question. How can you build a fulfilling career where it's all about doing work you love and growing your income without sacrificing your values? And here's your host. She has her own set of dental tools to clean her teeth, Dr. Grace Lee. You only get one shot to make a first impression. So how did I do in my intro? When you listen to my intro, how did I do with first impressions? Yeah, so I wanted to talk to you in this episode of how first impressions count. So you want to sp- how to speak more intelligently. And the reason why I'm interested in this subject is because as you as you know, I mean most of you, my readers or my listeners know that I have a degree in neuroscience and I have an interest in human brain and human behavior and and to me it's all about my my this insatiable curiosity that I have of why people do the things that they do. Why do they why are we driven by certain things? I mean, why do we do what we do? Why do we make the decisions that we make? And part of that is this decades and decades of research in human psychology and and in terms of making first impressions count. I mean, there isn't there isn't a, a, an area more more diffuse than that. I mean, some studies say that it's seven seconds. You know, some studies say you only have seven seconds to make your first impression. Some people say it's the first within the first 30 seconds. Some people say it's less than a minute. I mean, there's a lot of different different findings out there. But the point is that it's a really short period of time to make a judgment like that, to make a judgment on someone's life where they are at, to make a judgment on your appearance, to make a judgment on your from your body language or your, your demeanors, your your tonality, some of your mannerisms and gestures, and even how you're dressed and how you look, right? So it's a really short period of time that our brains can absorb all these all these subtle cues. And when you think about it, in such a short period of time, we can make some really deep judgments and really emotional judgments about someone. It's quite incredible how we can pick up things even subconsciously that we don't realize that we're, that we're assigning a meaning to. And the way I feel, the way I see it, I mean, regardless of your job title, regardless of your writing and and speaking, those two skills, I mean, writing and speaking probably make up a large part of the work that you do. So that's why being able to express your thoughts accurately and concisely has a huge effect on your work productivity. And in order to communicate effectively, you really need to have a broad vocabulary that is understood by the general population. Because really, the purpose of speaking is to communicate, and the purpose of communication is to understand. There's no point in speaking words or communicating or talking to someone if the person or the people you're talking to don't understand what you're saying. And so it's important to have a broad enough vocabulary that is understood by the general population. And this is something that I'm very, very sensitive to. I'm acutely aware of this. I mean, during my academic studies, I was so, so specialized in neuroscience. And in that degree, in that field, there's a lot of jargon. There's a lot of terminologies that only scientists understand. And so I I have a book. I've published a book out there. And 
it's interesting because the, the the book I have is published through Springer, and Springer is one of the uh, one of the more popular uh, publishers that academics use, and they have their they have a long history of publishing scientific uh, books, you know, and book series. So my volume is part of a series of volumes, and it's it's centered on neuroscience and the ethics of neural neurology, the practice of neurology, and. So I have this book and it was published it was published right after my PhD and but through Springer and the editors that I was coordinating with are based out of the UK. And well, because it was published through you know, it was published while I was in academia and it was there was this book deal that I got with this with this editor in the UK, I get royalties on that. So every time it sells or if, if or if it's if someone buys a hard volume online or, or or in a in a bookstore a specialty bookstore or even if they download specific chapters or they download the whole book itself i receive royalties on every sale and th- but the interesting thing is it's been a number of years already that the book has been out there and it's been downloaded and and i, and I get reports from springer these they come in the email and they come as like a pdf that i download and every time they send me this report in a PDF, they they break it down for me. How many downloads did I get? How many chapter downloads? How many overall downloads did I get over this period? And then they summarize the royalties that I would get and then they transfer the money over. And and I have to say, it's not a lot of money. I'm not, I can't make a living off of the royalties I'm getting from this book. And the reason why is because my book was published as a scientist for scientists. And so that means that, I don't know, maybe maybe 5% of the population can understand what I wrote. <laughs> and that's no joke, because um, as I was, when I was writing it, I was a, a fellow. So there's a position after your PhD you can apply for, and it's called a postdoctoral fellow. It's a fellowship that, it's a paid fellowship. And when I published it, I was I was a postdoctoral fellow. So I had a supervisor I was working for, and I published it under her supervision. And of course, she was a co-author along with me. And so, this the language we use is very heavily jargon, you know, and it doesn't, and it definitely has greater than a grade eight reading level, <laughs> much higher than a grade eight reading level. So, it. Uh, only a select few with only people with that with that science background and or the medical background and the training that I had would be able to read and understand what was written. So needless to say, of course, I'm not getting a lot of royalties and I can't depend on that to pay my bills or to pay any bills for that matter. And so through that experience, it was interesting because I mean, I had to learn, or should I say unlearn, how to write on using such jargon language. I had to learn I had to unlearn how to do that and I had to learn how to speak simpler. And you know, you've heard the saying that simplicity is the best, you know, keep it simple, you know. And it was it's actually harder. I I found it in my experience, it's harder to speak simply. It was harder to speak in a conversational way or write in a conversational way. And I had to really deliberately unlearn that habit that I had in writing, in using such academic language. <laughs> so, and, and part of what spurred me to do that was when I wrote that book, 
and I realized that, huh, it's not it's not going to ever make the bestseller list. It's never going to be in the regular bookstore, <laughs> in regular bookstores, and it's definitely not going to be featured in some blog. So, a part of me realized that I think I want to change my approach, and I want to, I want to write to communicate. Right? And 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 really, if you have a broad vocabulary that's understood by the general population, this allows you to better demonstrate what you know. And understand to other people, because then they understand what you're saying, and they're better able to judge your knowledge, and they're better able to judge whether or not they trust you and and how knowledgeable you actually are. And if we can demonstrate our understanding and our expertise, then others are more likely to choose you to do the job. So first, expre- first impressions really do count. And if you're wondering how to speak more intelligently, this will depend on your intention. I mean, I have a lot of people asking me. So, how do you? You sound so smart. How do you sound smart? And and, I, and every time I ask that question, I I say, is it because I'm using big words, or is it because when you hear me speak, I am able to shift your mindset or to present something that you've heard of before, but I've presented it in a way that you've never heard it before. Well, like which one is it, right? And and that's a really important question because. Do you do you want to simply sound smarter, or do you want to say things that make the other person feel that you're intelligent and that you know what you're talking about? Because these are actually two different things, very different things. Because if you simply, if you just simply want to sound smarter, then I would say that the real purpose of speaking is to communicate. Because there's no sense in throwing in big words that make you sound intelligent if your audience doesn't understand them. And if your audience doesn't understand you, then you won't be able to connect with them. But that's not the worst part of it. The real tragedy is that they won't receive the gift of your message. I mean, you're there talking because you have something important to say, and something that you could say to them if they understood it and they were able to receive it. It could change their life, or it could change their outlook, or or influence them in a very positive way. So that's really the real tragedy of not communicating. And if your message had the capacity to change their life, then they would have missed out on that. So that's the real worst part of it. And the other side, the other side of throwing out intelligent-sounding words just for the sake of sounding smart, is that it could backfire if someone calls you out on things you say because you didn't have a good grasp of how to use your new vocabulary. So a lack of authenticity could actually hurt you in the long run. Okay, so assuming that. You want to be intelligent. Assuming it's the latter, that you want the other person to feel that you're intelligent and that you know what you're talking about. So, assuming that's the intent, right? If you if that's what you want, you want to say things that make the other person feel that you're intelligent because you got them thinking, right? The what you said got them thinking. It got them reflecting. It got them to change and to leave their comfort zone. Or to deeply reflect on things in their life or their actions, if that's what you're aiming for, right? Then here are three things that you could put into practice. The first one is to learn to listen actively, right? And active listening is so different. Active listening is so the opposite, of course, is passive listening. But active listening is when you are listening to someone else talking, 
and you're doing it from the standpoint of really trying to get in their position, to feel what they're feeling, to understand the core of their problems or to understand the core of what's motivating or driving them, right? So don't feel that you need to barge into a conversation when you don't really have a clue what's being discussed. You want to make sure you're on board with the topic before blurting out something irrelevant that'll immediately make you look unpolished, right? So first of all, make sure you're on board with the topic and listen first, right? Because sometimes the urge is so strong to say something because if you don't say something, do people assume then that you don't know what they're talking about? Well, no, you're actively listening. So your body language shows that you're actively listening, So if you really don't have much to add because it's not a subject you're familiar with or it's not a subject that you're passionate about, then just make a real effort to pay attention to what's being said rather than letting your mind or your eyes wander because that's nothing worse than you're wandering and it's obvious from your body language that you're wandering because you don't you you don't have it's not it's not a subject you're familiar with right so just try to make a real effort to pay attention. Body language is crucial here to show engagement with the speaker. And what you want to do is just keep focused. And you should be able to to ask some questions that challenge, challenge their way of thinking or ask questions that create insights about a given situation or thought process. And that is the other component of active listening. It's asking questions of that nature. And chances are you'll learn something just by listening. I mean, you'll learn some fact that you can just file away to impress someone else another time. You know, if you're if it is a subject that you're not familiar with or you're not passionate about, just practicing the act of active listening, you learn something. And maybe you don't impress this crowd right now, but a conversation could ensue later on and there's an opportunity right there to make an impression on what you learned in this first conversation. So the second thing is to read to fill your mind. Read up on topics that interest you and become really well-researched on those topics. You, The goal here is not to get a PhD, right? The goal here is just to know more than the average person, right? If you can fill a lull in a conversation with a phrase like, I just read a really good book about that, right? Because you're well-read. If you can fill a, a, a silent period by saying, oh, I just read something about this, or I heard about this in a podcast or something like that, then you'll be demonstrating that you've got an inquiring mind. You're inquisitive, which is always a positive thing. And that's always going to raise your position on the smartness scale, right? You'll be showing others that you're working on your intelligence by opening up your mind and opening your your mind up to a world of ideas and that this makes you worth listening to. Right? Because you have some, some, something of value to add because you read something somewhere. Reading is what feeds your intellect. Reading also expands your vocabulary and reading changes your outlook all at the same time. So there's nothing more important to, than reading to fill your mind if you want to have that first impression of sounding more intelligent. And I'm not saying that you have to finish all your books from cover to cover every single day. No, you don't, you don't, if you don't have time to do that, that's not what you have to do. You can consider listening to audiobooks on the go. You can learn to speed read, or you can read some reliable book summaries. And let me tell you my secret. I do those things, but there's one more secret. I read to implement. 
So there are a lot of books that I've read, but I didn't read them word for word, page to page, cover to cover. I read it to look for things that I can implement right away in my career, in my life, in my business, whatever it is, or in my relationships. Right? And if you do that and you read to implement, it, it's what I call learning um on time learning just in time you know you learn it just in time and then you implement and you act on it right away the act of implementing solidifies that knowledge in your mind right and it really fills your mind and it, and that way you've taken action and implementing it not only can you comment that you've read it somewhere you can also further comment that you actually did it and it works or you can have a deeper perspective of what you just read and that puts you on the expert level does that make sense okay so learn to listen actively read to fill your mind and the third thing is to master the art of storytelling people relate to stories i mean my one of my business mentors always tells me stories sell Okay, so a good storyteller can keep his or her audience emotionally captivated and engaged. And the way to do that is by using simplifying your language to make the information you're telling them very easy to digest. So you want to make not only is the, the, the grade level reading level at around eight or nine or seven, you know, that range, right? But you want to make the information, each piece digestible content sort of bite-sized, you know, the net, right, bite-sized, yeah, very easy to digest. The next way to improve your storytelling is to add in feelings and emotions. And you have to learn to tell stories in a way that help others feel the same way. And it's essential because when you do that, what you do is you control their state. And you do that by telling the story in a way that gets them to feel what you felt. And once you, to get, and once you get them to feel what you felt, it will be like you're describing what they're feeling better than they can. And if you describe, if you can describe their feelings better than they can through storytelling, you will own the frame. And to them, you're automatically intelligently articulate in their minds. Right? So master the art of storytelling because stories sell and you can really connect with them on a deep level if you include emotions in your story. So three things you can do to make that powerful, powerful first impression and speak more intelligently is to learn to listen actively. That means asking questions to make a real concerted effort to pay attention, even if you're not interested in the subject or if you're not familiar with it. Reading to fill your mind. And, and, and my secret is just in time learning or reading to implement. And the third one is to master the art of storytelling because people love to listen to stories and they connect with stories, right? They resonate with stories. So if you open that way and you get, and you can describe their feelings better than they can, they'll already see you as the, as the expert and they'll already see you as articulate and knowledgeable. So thank you for listening to my episode, another episode of Career Revisionist. If you like my content, I invite you to subscribe to Career Revisionist on iTunes and also leave a review. Your reviews are so important to me. I read every single one of them. If you have a question, you can leave your question in the review as well. And I'd be happy to answer that in my next podcast. Also, I invite you to visit careerrevisionist.com. 
That's careerrevisionist.com, where you can, if you're not an Apple user, there are other platforms there as well. You can follow my and subscribe my podcast on platforms that are Android friendly and leave a review for me there as well. I'm, I'm happy to answer questions for you and I'll read your review, every single one of them. Pre- I appreciate you listeners and I look forward to talking to you again in my next episode.